So, how many's noticed this little atmospheric change in the last few days? How many knows that there is a seasonal shift going on? So, how many this afternoon say, Lord, we're ready for a climate change in the spirit this afternoon over all of us in this place. Can you lift your voice with me and let's begin to cry out to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the creator of all. Father, we just lift our voices to you this afternoon. Lord, we thank you right now that we're in a monumental moment where the change by the power of your spirit is sweeping oh lord even out of this place lord there's a sweeping power of your spirit that's driving back the force of darkness and lord that there's a breaking in of a dawning of a day of your presence your power your glory your goodness your kindness oh lord your kingdom your kingdom is coming in power and might and glory. And we declare today signs, wonders. Would you say that out loud with me? Signs, wonders, miracles, salvations. In the name of Jesus, we declare it. Amen. Let's worship. Come on and give Jesus the praise this afternoon. He's worthy. You see what I see. Do you see what I see? Oh, I see lightning as the thunder. Something stirring six feet under. Yeah, things coming back alive. 
Every miracle that you're believing for, tell him. We need a miracle. You are the miracle maker. God of the impossible. Just lift your hands and love on Jesus. Love on Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Press in for a moment. Press in for a moment. Jesus is here. He's here to meet every need. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love.
hallelujah. For the Lord would say, I'm troubling the waters. As in the days when I would trouble the waters and those that would jump in would be healed. God said, I am stirring the waters. Not just in this church, says the Lord. Not just in this city, says the Lord. But I am stirring the waters in front of my people. And for those that have had need for years and have waited for years, the Lord said today is the day of visitation. God says this is the season. And if you will grab hold of my presence,
Man, that's so powerful. I love our choir. I, that was an appropriate song too. I was, I don't know if y'all, if y'all realize this, but the first person that Pastor Candy baptized up there, she came out of those waters, Sister Mary, just a speaking in tongues, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Her husband looked at me and said, we have been praying for that. That is an answer to our prayers. And I'm just, I'm so, I'm so happy for Sister Mary. Uh, the Lord, I, I, I was thinking on that, and the Lord brought the verse to me. And he said, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, he said, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And so I feel like the Lord is saying, I'm, I'm right here. And if you'll just reach out, if you'll just search for me, the Lord can't wait to bless you. He can't wait to intervene in your life. If you'll just reach out and take a hold of it. Uh, and, and I think there's no better place to start than... Uh, our, our prayer meeting this uh, this Saturday, October first at nine thirty a.m. It's going to be right here at Cornerstone location, and I and I'm just believing that God's going to show up. But and I know for some of you that may be your only your only day off. But I, I believe if you will sow that day, if you will make a sacrifice, and if you will show up here, watch what God will do for you. Watch if he won't multiply your days off. If, if you go on reading in that passage in Jeremiah, it says, uh, I will restore your fortunes. And it talks about gathering of the people. Come, come and seek the Lord and see if God will not restore your marriages. If he will not restore your relationships with your children. If he will not restore restore your fortunes in your job and give you promotions and bonuses and more days off. Watch, test the Lord in this and see what he will do for you if you will seek his face with all of your heart. We have some youth things coming up. We have October 15th uh, from 6 to 9 at Hendersonville Strike and Spare Family Fund Center. Uh, it, is, it is $20 to register for that at uh, regenerationnashville.org. And that gives you unlimited laser tag, skating, pizza, bumper cars, and bowling. And that's for all of our kids' ministry and for all of our youth. And so register at regenerationnashville.org. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We all also uh, have a youth trip coming up and it is December 29th through the 31st and we are going to Karen Wheaton's The Ramp it's in Cleveland, Tennessee and, and I am so excited because I see videos of that and I hear testimonies and youth go into that and they, they you know maybe a little standoffish maybe a little shy and they come out dancing and they come out prophesying and they come out with their mouth filled with the word of the Lord and I can't, I can't wait to see what the Lord is going to do with our youth and so uh, that is December 29th through the 31st. Our youth won't miss our New Year's Eve service. Uh, and I, I'm just so excited for that. If you want to stand to your feet, we're going to turn our hearts to giving this morning and, and say the offering declaration together. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God 
loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Praise the Lord. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Has anybody told you they love you yet today? I want to be the first. I'm so glad to see you. We're family. Glad you're here today. My goodness, I think that Baptism Sunday is my very favorite Sunday of the year. I mean, of the month. I just love it. Uh, seems like the Spirit of the Lord just always moves, and it's so powerful. So I, uh, I just want to... Uh, come on the heels of what Nicholas said about uh, this Saturday. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has been showing up in our prayer meetings. If you were not in the prayer room before this service started, oh my goodness, you missed a treat. I'm telling you what, we had a breakthrough. The power of God came down in that prayer room. So I'm expecting that this Saturday right here at Cornerstone Church here on O'Hickory Boulevard. We will be praying from 9.30 to 10.30. And I'm telling you, I'm believing for signs and wonders and miracles. So I also want to let you know, I want you to start praying about this, okay? This is really important. So start praying about it. It's not easy. But um, October 5th, 6th, and 7th, we are going to fast together as a church. And there are some that have never fasted before, and this will be a perfect opportunity for you to fast. Um, Pastor Ken and I and our staff will be uh, just doing fluids, water only. Some people do a Daniel's fast. You do whatever kind of fast that you can do, first of all, do whatever fast God is telling you to do, and third of all, whatever fast makes your flesh the most uncomfortable because that's what we're after. So um, uh, we want to crucify our flesh. Jesus said this, if any man will follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so we do this every quarter. It's very, it's paramount to this church that we pray and fast together because we are believing for signs and wonders and notable miracles. People come from all over the country and other nations to this place to receive healings and miracles, and they are counting on us to be prayed up and full of the power of the Holy Ghost. And so uh, we have some powerful intercessors in this room. If you're an intercessor, I, uh, I'm just going to, okay, I know it's supposed to be in secret, but stand up. All my intercessors, every intercessor in this room, if you're an intercessor, thank you. Thank you for pushing back the forces of darkness. I love, I love our intercessors, and so I believe that the Lord is calling more of us to the ministry of intercession. So, uh, did, you, uh, did we finish there? October the 5th, 6th, and 7th, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, we will be at the old location. Uh, on 535 Brick Church Park Drive. If you're watching online, we would love to have you come and join us. It will not be online, but if you want to travel and meet with us and fast uh, those three days, we just, because our Fresh Fire Conference is coming up uh, October the 18th. Uh, and so we, we need to be prayed up and fasted up before that fresh fire. I'm, I'm, believing, I'm believing for the power of God and just an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in that fresh fire conference. I cannot wait. 
God, God is moving. Do you know that? God is moving. How many of you saw the, the summit uh, at Brother Tim Sheets? Oh, my word. Uh, so I hope you'll find humor in this. But somebody said, are the Pentecostals going to heaven? And the answer to that was, yes, if they don't run past it. Sometimes I feel like I'm about to run past it. I'm so happy and excited. My goodness, God is moving. So we had never met Brother Tim Sheets before, and just a powerful man of God, a powerful, really seriously, I'm 61 years old. It's one of the best services I've ever, I've ever lived in in my whole life. It was just that powerful. It was wonderful. But um, some of you said, well, if we'd have known that, we would have driven to Ohio so I just wanted to make you aware of some things that, w that Pastor Kent has coming up on the calendar if you would like to drive to any of these, uh, any of these dates. Um, we will be at Brother Robin Bullock's this Friday uh -huh, at Church International in Warrior, Alabama. And so if you want to come, uh, of course, the Bullocks will all be there. Pastor Kent will be uh, preaching, praying, and prophesying. And uh, I just know it's going to be a great move of God. Also, um, October the 5th, this may not be in driving distance for you, but if you're watching online, October the 5th, uh, Pastor Kent will be at Fountain of Life Church in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, he will be ministering there. I will not be with him that particular night. I will be leading fasting and prayer uh, here in Nashville, and he will join us and, and lead us in communion on that Friday night. It's going to be powerful. So uh, that's Elizabeth City, North Carolina on October the 5th. And then he will be also in Tupelo, Mississippi on the 13th of October with Brother Greg Hood. How many of you have become aware of Brother Greg Hood's ministry? We had him at Elijah Co., and he uh, ministers a lot with uh, Brother uh, Dutch Sheets. And so we love that, that brother's ministry. And so uh, we will be with him in Tupelo on Thursday night, uh, October the 13th. So if you, if you can make your plans and wouldn't mind, that would be great. So I just want to take one minute. We have some special musical guests that I can't wait to introduce you to. But I just want to find out where some folks are from. I was shaking hands earlier, and it seems to me there is a couple from, from Omaha. Stand up, Omaha. Let us welcome you. We're happy you're here. We have some really good friends in Omaha, Nebraska. Sure do. Brother Pastor Kent was just there. Uh, so uh, did I meet Ohio? Ohio people. We're, yes, our Ohio people that were baptized. Stand up. Let us welcome you. Honored to have you here. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else from Ohio in the room today? All right. So any, anybody else from out of state? California. Stand up, California. Let us welcome you. Wow. Where? Where in California? Bakersfield. All right. Man, they need Jesus over there in Bakersfield, don't they? No, we're happy to have you here. Smithfield. Okay, they're already standing. So, sir, show me. <laughs> Where in Michigan? Cadillac, Michigan. We're, we're just so excited to have you here. God bless you. And you're cancer-free. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Look at that. Look at that. God's so good. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Cadillac, Michigan. We're honored to have you. God bless you, sir. We, we rejoice with you over your miracle. And ma'am, on the front row. Smithsville, Missouri. Uh, stand up, Missouri. Let us welcome you. We're glad to have you here. These, these people were praying the house down in the prayer room. It was an honor to pray with you today. God bless you. Who else from out of state? Florida. Stand up, Florida. Let us welcome you. Where in Florida? Sorry? New Smyrna Beach. Welcome to Nashville. Yes, in the back right there? Sorry? Indiana. Stand up, Indiana. Glad you're here. God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Virginia. Stand up, Virginia. Where in Virginia? Foley? Floyd, Virginia. Well, welcome to Nashville, Tennessee. You mess around, we'll make uh, Tennesseans out of you. So, anybody else? Pennsylvania. Stand up, Pennsylvania. Where? Hershey, Pennsylvania. Wow. A lot of people go there. I've never met anybody from there. So we're happy to have you. Did you bring us some chocolate? <laughs> You're all thinking it. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, yeah. Missouri. God bless you. We're glad to have you. God bless you. Yes, in the back, right there. Branson, Missouri. God bless you. Stand up, Branson. Glad to have you. Welcome to Nashville. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Texas. I love the way she said that. She said, Texas. Stand up, Texas. We're glad to have you. Love that southern accent. God bless you. Anybody else? All hearts clear. Canada. My goodness gracious. Stand up, Canada. Where are you from, sir? We're in Canada. Alberta. Praise God. Well, we're honored to have you. Welcome to Nashville. God bless you. Anybody else? California. Where in California? Riverside. Well, welcome to Nashville. We're glad to have you. God bless you. So some of my favorite people are here. They are members of our congregation. They are part of our church family. Um, you have probably sang many of their uh, songs in church. Send it on down, send it on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. They, uh, Jaron Davis penned uh, this song. Also, uh, we are standing on holy ground. I believe Barbara Streisand recorded that song. Uh, and many other wonderful uh powerful songs that the uh, just the church around the world globally sings their songs and we are just so honored to have them as our part of our church family and here to minister to you today why don't you give a good warm home welcome to Jaron Davis and Kindred Hearts thank you Pastor Candy we love regeneration it's so good to be home how many of you have a hunger to stay in the place, to go back to the place of your first love with Jesus. Lord, draw me nearer. Keep me close to you. Take me back to the garden. Walk with me. Talk with me, Lord.
a sound speaking over the water like glorious thunder and it's calling my name the sound of your voice majestic in splendor yet holy and tender you're calling my name and i'll leave behind the distractions i'll give you all my attention lord take me back to the garden back to the place where your heart is walk with me talk with me call me your own lord lead me into your presence where i can lay down my defenses just to be you and me is all that i want there is a peace beyond understanding when I am standing in the light of your grace and oh what a joy what a gift and a wonder to dwell with the lover of my heart and my soul Lord take me back to the come boldly and fall in the arms of my father there lord take me deeper into your glory you open the gates when you tore through the veil and there is no hindrance i will come boldly and fall in the arms of my father there lord take me back to the god
Does anybody believe that Jesus is coming back? I said, does anybody believe that Jesus is coming back? How many of you are getting ready to see the Lord when he comes back for us? We know that he's coming back. We know that he's coming back. We know Have you ever thought that the world has kind of lost its way? Hey, crazy as it seems, yeah, I know it's going to be okay. Okay, it doesn't scare me. It's temporary. There's something better we've got forever. And it won't be long till I know our help is on the way. On the way, so keep your head up. Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back, but don't you give up, no, no. Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back, and when the world gets complicated, we're going to keep on It's been a long way, but there's a new day, and we're gonna sing hallelujah when the king arrives. Also, oh, you gotta keep your head up. Hey, yeah. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Hey, no, don't you give up.
Are you ready? Are you ready? People get ready. People get ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. One of the things that <clears throat> I think about when you're going through tough times, God has already finished the story. The script has already been written. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. It doesn't matter what's happening right now. The end of the story is the church leaves triumphant. <clears throat> the devil is cast into hell. All liberals lose. There won't be any sin in the earth. God will make right what's wrong. Didn't matter how it looked when Jesus was hanging on the cross. He's bleeding. He's wounded. His people are scattered. His mama's weeping. But the word said, hold on. In three days, it's going to be all right. And that's what God's trying to get us to do is look past the moment. You got to look past the moment. That's what faith is. When you get in those tough places, you just sit down in the chair called faith and you rest whenever you get pushed out of your own limits you just sit down in the chair called faith and you say okay God it's on you now and the Lord says okay I'll take it hallelujah all right um, you're in a mask free zone today <clears throat> Amen. But you might want to fasten your seat belts because we're going to go up. Hallelujah. Um, why don't you turn with me to the book of the Gospel of Luke and chapter 15, and we're going to read some of the story of the prodigal son. This has been in my spirit, and I think it's very applicable to where we are now. 
that God is doing great things. What a tremendous moment of worship that we had. We, we tasted of something. And what you're going to find, and I, I, I begin to look for it. I, I begin to look for angels to show up. I start looking across the platform and up there. But what we're going to find is we're going to enter into those moments and we're not going to come out of them. God's just going to keep us right there, and then Lord knows what's going to happen in the building when that, when that begins to happen. But God is warming us up for the things of the Lord, and there is a dome of protection right now over God's people and over this church, and the enemy can't penetrate it. And so everything uh, is blessed by the Lord. <clears throat> out of the Gospel of Luke, the story of the prodigal son, uh, verse 11, and he said, Jesus, this is Jesus, he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided, this is very interesting, he divided unto them his living. Not many days afterward, the young son or the younger son gathered all together took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hard servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. This, uh, in this story, there are four different people that are mentioned. There is the father, and then there are two sons, two boys, and then there's an unnamed man, it just says a citizen of another country. But unnamed, and woven very subtly into this narrative, there is another individual, and that is the devil. Bad things happen because the devil shows up. And the devil, he's not named in here, and of course, this is how the devil always moves. He loves anonymity. And uh, one of the reasons that he has become successful in this hour is that he has convinced a large contingency of the population in the earth that he does not exist. And so if he does not exist, you can't blame it on evil. You can't blame it on the devil. And there is no hell. And it's interesting how lots of people don't believe in hell, but they believe in heaven. And so in this story, um, the scripture says that the younger son came to his father one day and he said, I want my inheritance. When we read this story, the um, Bible says that the father divided 
he didn't just give the younger son his inheritance. The scripture says he gave both sons their inheritance. He gave them his inheritance. And after a while, it said, and not many days hence, the younger son became restless. When you read this, lots of people uh, think of the younger son. They said, well, he was greedy. He wanted the money. You know, he wanted all of that. That wasn't the issue with him because he already had money. This is not a rags to riches story. He was born into wealth. He had the best. He went to the best schools. If you put him in our time, uh, he got the sports car when he was 16, and he went to the best schools, and, and he was used to people taking care of him, and he got to live in a wonderful home, and he ate the best food, and people waited on him. So it wasn't that he was looking for wealth. That wasn't it. It's just that the blessing wasn't enough. He wanted control of it. And I've seen it so many times over the years that the presence of God is not enough for people. And they want to control it. They get a restless spirit. I can name you a lot of people that are not successful in life today because the duration of how long they last in a local church is two to three years and then to the next church in the city. And over a 15-year period, they went to nine churches in the same city because they are not looking for the presence of the Lord. They're looking for control. Whenever you go to church... And you're looking for that. You're not looking for the presence of God. You're looking for a church that would just help further your own ministry. You're not going to last. God has to be enough. And it didn't matter that he was wealthy. It didn't matter that he had no needs. It didn't matter that servants called him sir. It wasn't the blessing that he was after. He wanted to control the blessing. And that's where a lot of people are today. They, Lord, I want to serve you, but I want to be in control. I want to write the narrative of how I live for you. I, I don't want to go to church every Sunday. I don't want to fast. I don't want to have a prayer life. But I'm want the blessings of the house whenever you get there the spirit of restlessness will get a hold of you and it will drive you from the presence of the Lord to where God is not enough anymore and you just want 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 and so the scripture says that the father brought his boys in and he gave them both their inheritance Yet the older son never left. It's very funny how you ever seen some people, they're great Christians until God blesses them. And then they can't come to church because they're too busy enjoying the blessings. They're too busy on weekends at the beach house God gave them or the boat that God gave them. 
And yet there are other people, the elder brother, he has some maturity. We understand that the blessing that God gives you in your life is not to separate you from him, but is to give you a more time in the presence of the Lord. You don't have to work so hard. You're not working six days a week in overtime and coming to church exhausted. But God finally lets you have your own business. And you get to come midweek and you get to come on Sundays and you get to go to conference and you got enough time to get up in the mornings and read your Bible and get on your knees and begin to tell the Lord I love you Jesus I want to thank you that you blessed me with my house I want to thank you that you blessed me with my job enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and the younger son Fellowship with the father wasn't enough to hold him in the house. Part of it was he was just spoiled. He didn't know what it was like out there because the father had shielded him from the ugly side of life. How many been out there and seen the ugly side? Oh, yeah. It makes you want to be where the Lord is. And so the scripture tells us that one day, the elder, the, the younger son, he took his inheritance and he walked out of the house and he left the father. I want to go to uh, Revelations, I think it's the second chapter. And I want to talk about, because in this story, it's not mentioned by name, but there is a spirit that's at work in this story. And, and Jesus calls it the doctrine of Balaam. And I forget which church he was speaking to, but he said, you have the doctrine of Balaam. And he said, I hate that doctrine. And if you're not familiar with the doctor of Balaam, you got to go back to the Old Testament because Balak, who was an ungodly king, hated the children of Israel, God's people. And he, was, he had already seen how they had won victories, and he was afraid that they were going to defeat him. And so he hired a sorcerer named Balaam, and he said, I want you to curse God's people. The doctrine of Balaam is this. You can't curse what God has already blessed. And this sorcerer found out that what had worked on other groups wasn't going to work on God's people. He couldn't come up with an incantation. He couldn't come up with a spell. He couldn't come up with sorcery. He couldn't come up with all kinds of stuff in a concoction of an iron pot. He didn't have anything that could curse God's people. Because you can't curse people that are in the presence and the will 
of God. And he stood on that mountain and he opened his mouth to curse God's people. And when he opened his mouth, he began to say, blessed be the people of God. You're blessed in the city and, and blessed are your children. And Balak says, stop. He says, I asked you to curse them, not bless them. It's very interesting that in this story, God's people never moved out of position. Israel never moved. So Balaam had to move. And he thought, if I get in a different place, in a different geographical place, then I can curse them from there. But can I tell you, it does not matter where the enemy goes right now in the earth. What God has already put his blessing on, you can't curse it. Nobody that's in the will of God can ever be cursed by the devil. You don't have to worry about the enemy today. If God's blessed you, you are blessed. And there is no sorcerer, there's no politician, there's no demon that can stand up on you and say you're cursed. No, we're not. We are the blessed seed of the Lord. There is a blood of Jesus Christ on us to protect Protect us by the Spirit of God. If you are blessed, how many times, if you're honest, think, boy, I hope this doesn't happen? The enemy will get you to begin to think on things that have never happened. Because he can't create. When you are blessed, you do not have to worry and be fearful of being cursed. This is one of the things that I've learned after having the Holy Ghost for 59 years. Even when you're going through tough things, you are all right if you are in the will of God. You cannot interpret difficult moments as the devil has gotten access to you. Because the enemy will trespass into your life illegally to intimidate you. But you have the authority to look at that spirit and tell him, you're not going to intimidate me. I am blessed. And what God has blessed, you can't curse. So
So I'm telling you, take your two horns and your little backside and walk back out the same way you walked in because you are in the wrong house messing with the wrong people. Why? Because there is a bloodline of protection around you and you are safe in the hands of God. Ask the man that's cancer free. It may look like he was cursed, but he doesn't have cancer today. There is no curse on him. Why? Because what God has blessed, the enemy cannot curse. Being blessed is, it's not the car you drive. It's not the house that you live in. It's not the money that you have in the bank. That's not being blessed. Those are the symptoms of being blessed, but it's not the root of being blessed. In fact, the Bible talks about being blessed and um, when there's a, there's a lot of different meanings for the word blessed. One of them is happy. But really happy is a weak kind of definition of being blessed. It, it comes from an old English word, hap. We get, the word, we get the word happen from that. So it almost sounds like the only way that we are blessed is something has to happen and then we're blessed. But being blessed, hallelujah, doesn't have to have something to happen. When you get saved, you are blessed. God takes a stamp and he goes, boom, blessed. Hallelujah. And on your life, there is written across you, blessed, blessed, blessed. Hallelujah. When they came out of the baptismal tank and got the Holy Ghost, honey, God stamped you with a stamp that said blessed in the spirit of the Lord. In fact, you can be going through really difficult times and still be blessed. All of us have gone through lean times. When I had one old car, just as a young preacher, I remember going to, back then they called it um, a... Uh, a kind of a general conference thing and you know everybody came and and uh, I had on a, a black suit and an overcoat it was worn out and I had an old 67 red Mustang that really needed to be junked but it was all I could afford and I remember pulling up after the service to a 7-eleven to get something and when I came out uh, the linkage on my transmission, I knew it was bad, and I couldn't get it in the gear. And with other church people around, I had to get out and take off my overcoat and crawl under my old Mustang and manually use that coat hanger I had wired in there to shift it. 
But you know what? I was blessed. Hallelujah. I was blessed because it's not a man's life does not consist in the things that he possesses. It consists in the position that he occupies in the spirits. And you're going to go through seasons where you may not have a whole lot, but you are still blessed in the kingdom of God. And though it may look like you don't have anything, when your father has you in his house, you still have access to what God owns because what is his is yours. And there are always going to be those seasons where the Balaam's in your life will try from different geographical places to curse you. Really, I think the great definition of being blessed is this. It is the ability to overcome any adversity in your life. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because when I step into the valley, I had blessed stamped on my soul. And when I'm walking through it, I got blessed stamped on me. And I will come out of it, hallelujah, untouched by the power of the enemy. It does not matter. Yes, we may do some weeping in the night. But can I tell you, the night just declares that there is a sun getting ready to rise in your life. There may be an Ishmael, but it's declaring that Isaac is on the way. I see a John the Baptist, but he's declaring there's one coming after me who is preferred before me, and he's greater than me. It doesn't matter what's happening today in America. I can tell you it's going to change by the power of God because our nation is blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a blessing of God on us. Doesn't matter. Listen, you cannot look at the moment. I remember when our church went through a difficult time and we went down to less than 80 people. And I had somebody tell me the glory of God has left this place. Look, hallelujah, we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed, hallelujah, and this is just the beginning of what God is doing by the Spirit of the Lord. You and I are on the ground floor in this nation of what the Lord is beginning to do by the Spirit of God. We've had a Balaam stand up in our courts and in our nation and try to curse the United States of America, try to curse Canada, but can I tell you, by the power of the Lord, you cannot curse 
curse what God has called blessed. And we got too many Holy Ghost tongue-talking apostolic men and women in the United States of America that love God, that God is not going to give us up, but there is favor, favor, favor of God upon you and me. Hallelujah. Just because you have adversity doesn't mean you're not blessed. You have adversity because you are blessed. And the devil is after you. Hallelujah. He doesn't mess with people that don't worry him. He messes with people that worry him. He doesn't worry about cursing people that don't have a glory understanding of who God is. But when you get a group of people together like this in worship that can move like this. Incidentally, you remember when Timothy Dixon prophesied or he was telling some dream and, and I was in a sweat because the time he got done because he was talking about Big Kent, Little Kent. <laughs> Today, uh, Big Kent was sitting right there and Little Kent was prophesying. Right. Jasmine. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was watching her. I thought, well, that's me. And I thought, I'm blessed because I got one of my children prophesying under the Holy Ghost by the power of the Lord. Can I tell you, I see your children coming in by the power of God. In the last days, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. God has set your house blessed by the power of the Lord. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. They belong in the kingdom of God. Adversity just declares that you're blessed. But being blessed, listen, the reason that we are blessed is because we are in the house. What the enemy is trying to do is get you to leave your place. Fear will make you change the way you do things. You know, I've been, I've been fighting high blood pressure. Never had it in my life. Uh, went to a, 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 an individual who's really good at dealing with this kind of stuff and uh, has some has medical understanding, and they drew my blood and stuff, and they said, for the, we never saw, she said, there is an epidemic of high blood pressure in America since COVID. And began to pull my blood, and you could see chunks of calcium in there. And, uh, you know, for me, it's a, little, it's a little more hitting home because that's what my son died from. Joshua, he died from high blood pressure. 
And <clears throat> uh, the other day, uh, I had gotten a, a, a blood pressure cuff, and uh, I had put it on, and I mean, it was really high. It was 170 over 110. And, uh, I, you know, I've been taking things, and I told the Lord, I said, if I consent to take high blood pressure medicine, then how do I stand on the platform and pray for people and believe that God's going to heal them if I can't get victory over this? And I took it yesterday, and my low number was all the way down to 82 which is just a couple above. But I made a decision that I would resist this demon spirit and that God was my medicine. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not indicting anyone for doing it, but I just felt like I needed to conquer this thing. I refuse because I told the, the Bible says this, it says, Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and him who defiles that temple, him God shall destroy. I told the Holy Ghost, I said, it's your house, and you got a demon of high blood pressure and they're messing it up. You need to get him out. Hallelujah. You got to talk to God like that. You got to have that kind of understanding that you can have a conversation with the Lord. It doesn't have to be these and thous and all of that. You can just have an old fashioned southern conversation with God because He understands through the knees. That's a word I made up. <laughs> a couple of days ago, I felt, I was laying down, I felt something just leave me. And I declare by faith that I'm not dying of high blood pressure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And today I loose the healing power of the Lord over everybody in this building, everybody that's listening to me that's fighting this disease. I curse high blood pressure in the name of Jesus, and I speak over your body, I speak over your life in the name of Jesus that you are normal by the power of the Lord. <clears throat> In this story, the devil wanted this son because this son had access to his father's inheritance. And the father's inheritance allowed him to control the environment of that area. And he knew I can't touch him as long as he is in his father's house. But if I can get him out of the house, then I can put my hand on him because if he gets out of the house, he isn't blessed anymore. And if he's not blessed, I can curse him. Stay in the house. Hallelujah. Stay in the house. I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about stay in relationship with God. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up because as long as you're in the house, the devil wants you. 
He said, you remember when I made you really sick and you thought you were going to die. But he said, I couldn't quite touch you because you were in the house. Remember when you got in that car wreck and it looked like it was over, but I couldn't quite get a hold of you because you were in the house. Remember when it looked like you were going to get divorced, but look how good you're doing. I couldn't touch you because you were in the house. If you stay in the house under the Father's protection, the enemy cannot curse you. The moment that you let restlessness get a hold of you, the moment that you decide, I want God's blessings, but I want to be in control. You cannot be in the house and be in control. One of the prerequisites of being in the house of your father is he makes the rules. You know, and I don't want to sound like ugly here, but I am so tired of hearing people go, I'm living with my girlfriend, but I love Jesus. No, you don't. I love the Lord, but I don't believe in tithing. No, you don't. I love God, but I don't think you have to go to church. No, you don't. You don't love God. Say, well, give me a scripture for that. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Hey, people, isn't it funny how when we have this rule and standard of conduct for everybody until it applies to somebody that we love? And then we change all the rules. I remember being raised, you know, in Pentecost. We were, it was real strict. You know, we couldn't play sports because you couldn't wear shorts. Till the pastor's son all of a sudden had this uncanny ability to be a great basketball player. And then it was all right to wear shorts. don't get to make the rules part of being in the father's house he knows what's good for you remember how you tell your kids I know what's best for you God knows what's best for us and if you're gonna have the divine protection of God over your life you got to be in the house that means you need to be in church it means you need to pay tithes. It means you need to forgive people that despitefully use you. It means, hallelujah, you need to come to prayer meeting. It means that you need to fast those three days. You say, but that's hard. That's part of being in the house. But what I can tell you this, it's a lot harder to get free from cocaine than it is to fast three days. It's a lot more difficult to go through a bloody divorce than it is to keep your family in the house of God and let the Lord rule and reign in your life. Stay in the house. And right now, I tell this nation, stay in the presence of the Lord. Don't give up. Don't compromise. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say we quit. It's too hard. We can't do it anymore. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
Make a choice whose side you're on. We're not on the side of Biden. We're not on the side of Pelosi. We're not on the side of liberalism. We're not on the side of ecumenical council. We are on the side of the blood-bought gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we make no apologies for it. Now, here's what messes a lot of people up because the, the boy left. He left with money. He left with substance. He left with self-respect. He left with morality. He left with honor. He left with abundance. He left looking nice. But you know, when the blessings of God lift off of you, you can still look like you're blessed for a while. And this messes up a lot of people. And they, well, I'm doing good. But when you read this story about him, it says that he wasted his substance with riotous living. And for a long, for we don't know how long it took, but he looked like he was blessed. I can guarantee you he had a lot of friends and he had a good time. Don't ever think that sin isn't fun. It is. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death. One writer called it the pleasures of sin that Moses chose rather to suffer the afflictions of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. Sin is a, it's a narcotic to your old nature. <clears throat> but it will cost you your soul. Hallelujah. It will cost you your soul. <clears throat> there are I can promise you that you could take every single person that is in hell right now, and if you could bring them back, not one of them would be unsaved. They would give their hearts to Christ. They would preach. They would be some of the most sold-out people you could see. But God says, it's over. <clears throat> and he's out. And the Bible doesn't say that... He wasted his money. It said he wasted his substance. When you get out of the father's house, you don't just lose money. You lose your self-respect. Think about it. He was eating at a beautiful set table with goldware and crystal of the finest food and a servant leaning over his shoulder saying, Sir, would you like something else? But when he wasted his substance, he finds himself in a pig pen with the pigs trying to eat the slop 
that they were eating because when you stop being blessed, you lose your self-respect, you lose your honor, you lose your morality, you lose your looks, you lose your peace, you lose your joy because when you no longer have the protection of the house, the devil can curse you. There's lots of people that don't realize it right now. They're not sold out to God, but they're doing all right. And they think, I'm blessed. But what they don't realize right now is you are spending. See, when he was in the father's house, all of the abundance that he had wasn't coming out of his inheritance. It was coming out of the abundance of what his father had in the place but he still had his entire inheritance safe when he was blessed but the moment that he leaves the house then he is on his own and he has to spend what his father gave him but it's no longer an unending abundance it's when you are blessed, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Hallelujah. I don't care where you're at right now. I don't care what the doctor has said about you. I don't care what it looks like in our nation. I don't care how these midterm elections turn out. All I know is this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. <clears throat> And it doesn't matter what people say about you. You don't have to run down rumors. You don't have to run down gossip. Because every word that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Why? Because the blessing, the blessing, the blessing of the Lord is upon you. Then the blessing of God is upon you. It doesn't matter what's going on. The devil can't curse you. He can't curse your business. Uh, he can't curse one person in this building uh, that says I'm in my father's house because the enemy cannot curse uh, what God has blessed. That needs to get in your spirit. Uh, you need to shake off those heavy bands. Uh, you need to declare if God be for me, uh, nobody can be against me. There is this concentrated effort right now against believers to get us to move out of position. That's what's happening. I remember, you know, all those years we pastored a smaller church and seeing other churches, even in Nashville, just have exceptional growth. And I remember... Some of our people will come to us and say, Pastor Kenneth, we just make some adjustments. We can grow. You know, if we just do this and we do that. But all I could see 
was unless we have the presence of God, it doesn't, I told him, I said, it doesn't matter if we have 500 people. If we don't have the presence of the Lord, we are just sound. We're just a tinkling cymbal and sounding brass. And I said, you're just going to have to trust God that if we make God's presence the priority, I can't help the way I preach. This is how I preach, and it doesn't matter that a whole bunch of people want me to be sedate. I knew this is how God made me to preach. But you know what? I found out there's a whole bunch of people that like this kind of preaching. And so look what we've got. We've got a group of men and women that love anointing, Holy Ghost, foot stomping, shouting, praise and talking in tongues by the anointing of the Lord. Why? Because God is faithful to his people. So you can rest in the fact yes, right now I can't pay my bills. I've been there. It's a horrible feeling. You know, I remember sitting with just a stack of bills, like nine different credit cards, and, you know, the electric bill that is saying in three days, you know, disconnect, and you're two months behind on your car, and you're paying ties. And I feel like I'm having a heart attack because my chest is hurting so bad because I don't know what I'm going to do. And you're trying to figure out, well, which one needs, you know, if I can just send them $25 just to hold them off and all of that. But you know what? Even then, I was blessed. I don't know where some of you are right now. And it may be a deep, dark hole. But if you are in your father's house, you are blessed. Hallelujah. Because God takes care of those that live in the house. We're supposed to be out of here a little earlier today. And uh, so I'm going to give you a couple more points. Boy, I could preach a long time today. All right. In the Old Testament... When God gave Israel all their land and he allotted them cities, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to set aside a certain amount of cities, and they're called, called the city of refuge. And he said, <clears throat> if somebody accidentally murders or, or kills somebody, they can run to that city and <clears throat> whoever wants to kill them because they, were, they think they're responsible for killing their son, their wife, their daughter, whatever, if they can get inside the gates, the enemy cannot get in there to kill them until the high priest dies. Now, there's such a great analogy here. We have a high priest who lives and abides forever. So Jesus ain't dying because he said, I am he who was dead, but I am alive forevermore. <clears throat> and when Abner was being chased and he got in the city of refuge and Joab, the bloody commander of David's army, called to him and said, come on out. I just want to 
I want to talk to you like a friend. And Abner stepped out of the gates. And the moment he stepped out of the city of refuge, didn't matter that the high priest was alive. Didn't matter that a few steps away he was protected. When he stepped out of the gates, Joab ran a knife in him, and his blood spilled out, and he died. And I think it was David that said, thou hast died a fool's death. There is a divine protection that is on all of us right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is why the enemy can't get us. He can't touch us. We are blessed. Maria Sanabo, we're blessed. Hallelujah. Cody, we're blessed. Iarabobobobo Sandai, Will, we're blessed. Rusty, we're blessed. Harabobobo Sandai, I don't care how much the devil roars. I don't care what he says. I don't care what the media says. We are blessed. And once God blesses you and you are in the house, the enemy cannot touch you. We are the untouchables. But the Spirit of the Lord. So I will end with this. The Bible says, when he came to himself, he said, even the servants have more than what I have. Even the servants in my father's house have more. Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from the servant of the house. And when he came to himself, when Joshua was in the gay lifestyle, this is how we prayed. God, whatever it takes to make him come to himself so he will think straight and remember how we raised him up. And when he came to himself, God set him free. You, a lot of you that have children that are not serving the Lord, here's what you have to pray. God, whatever it takes for them to get in their right mind, do it. Hallelujah. Do it. And when he came to himself, now think about it. He is filthy. He has lost every bit of self-respect. He has broke. The enemy has so cursed him that he has been stripped to live like an animal. But when he came to himself, he said, I'm going home. And I don't expect to have anything. I'm just going to be one of the servants that waits on tables. But when he got a little bit closer, the father had been watching. And the Bible said the father saw him from a distance, took off running, and embraced him. Hugged him in all of his filth. Smelled like pigs. Oh, was dirty. But daddy grabbed him. Said, oh, my son, who was dead? is alive come on brought him back into the house gave him back his inheritance what he thought the devil took from him see he had hawked his ring he had sold his robe but when he got back in the father's house he got out from the touch of the enemy the devil 
trying to reach in and say, I had you. I had you. But he got inside daddy's house. And when the prodigal got on the other side of the door, all of a sudden the devil couldn't touch him. The father said, kill the fatted calf. Give him another ring. Give him another robe. And let's have a celebration. Because my son who was lost has come home. I'm telling you about the spirit of the Lord. Uh, there is a whole lot of people uh, that used to be in the house that are coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. Uh, this last move of the Lord uh, is the Lord is going to make a whole bunch of people come to themselves. Uh, and while they're sitting in a bar drunk, uh, they're going to remember when I was eight years old, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I remember what God did. And they're coming home. They're coming home. They're coming home. And what the devourer has taken, God is going to restore back by the power of the Lord. Stand with me. Now, I want to address something very quick because you can watch different TV shows and even Christian shows, and they're all saying stuff like, um, you need to get ready because it's going to get really tough. You need to store water, and you need to store food, and you need to have a medical kit, and all of this stuff because that's how bad it's going to get. That's not Bible. What God has blessed, no man can curse. I think as long as the church is here, especially for the next two or three years, that we are going to walk in the greatest season of the glory of God that we've ever seen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yada ba 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 sandai. David, the devil can't get us. Hallelujah. You don't know it, but there's an angel standing on both sides of you right now. And when the enemy cometh in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against it, says you can't touch them. You can't touch them. You can't touch them. Hallelujah. You are blessed. Your businesses are blessed. I reverse every word curse that has been spoken against you in the name of Jesus. I can't every curse that has been spoken. Listen, you can make a coochie doll that looks just like you or me and stick pins in it, but it's not going to work because we are blessed. You can burn wax on our picture. It's not going to work. We are blessed. There is no black magic. There is no witchcraft that's going to curse God's people. We're not getting smaller. We're getting bigger. We're not going down. We're going up. We're not losing. We're going to take more of the nation back, more of the country back. All right. You got five minutes to come down here and fill up the altars. They're going to come in here in not too long, cornerstone, and have a meeting. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to get in this altar, and I want you to get a revelation That if I'm in the Father's house, the devil can't reach me. Say, but Pastor, I'm going through tough things. Adversity 
just means the devil is afraid of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I'm asking right now to open the eyes of this congregation and let them see, Lord, that you have stamped on their souls, blessed. And, oh, God, that even this week, that what the enemy is intended for evil, God, you turn it to good in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, to let this congregation sit down in the chair of faith and say we're just going to rest in what God has said and not what the devil has said. Everything the devil says to you is a challenge of what God has already written. And you could not alter in the Old Testament any decree that a king made. Remember the book of Esther? said you could not alter that. You can't alter what God has already spoken over you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are blessed. Jerry, you are blessed. Hallelujah. God is going to do great things over your life because you have chosen the Lord. I bless your business. I bless your life. I bless everything about you that God would open heaven over you right now in the name of Jesus. That what the enemy has taken from you, that God would restore your joy and your strength. I release it over this over this house today in the name of the Lord stop letting the devil listen don't let the devil curse you in the father's house with your own mouth he can't get in the father's house to curse you but he can make you curse yourself And you need to stop that. You're looking at a, a preacher that was raised in Pentecost, got the Holy Ghost when I was nine, but I didn't have a revelation of that. And I let the devil curse me for so many years. I'd say, well, you know, it's never going to happen, and I guess this is how it's always going to be, and if somebody's going to get blessed, it won't be me. And I just cursed myself. And one day God began to, re I read a book by Charles Cap. Such a great, great book. Man had such a revelation. And I realized that I got to stop speaking, coming into agreement with what the devil said, and start coming into agreement with what Jesus said over my life. And the Lord has spoken over you. <clears throat> the Lord has spoken over you. You start coming to an agreement with what God has said over you. And stop coming into agreement with what the enemy has said. The heavens are open right now, and I want you to raise your hands. And I want you just to begin to tell the Lord, God, I'm blessed. I thank you. I'm blessed. God, I'm staying in the house. Hallelujah. 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 Do we sing going out? What do you want to do? I'm going to let Jasmine lead us in singing. Listen, this is something you need to go home, though. This message, you need to go home and you need to think about this. You need to begin to get in your spirit. And don't let the enemy pull you out of the will of God. 
Don't make some dumb decision because you're trying to stop what the devil's doing. Stay. Stay in the house. I'm not just talking about Regeneration Nashville Church. I'm talking about stay under the covering of the Lord. Hallelujah. He whose mind is stayed on thee, thou will keep in perfect peace. And we are led by our peace. May the peace of God flood your lives, flood your souls today. May God just bring you into rapturous joy. Whatever you want to say. So, Pastor, this is Jason here from Tennessee. This is a very unusual situation. He has chronic hiccups. He's had four brain surgeries to try to correct this through nerves. Throws up multiple, multiple, multiple times a day, and there is no cure. Well, there is. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Well... You don't look like you're throwing up. Amen. 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 And is it Jerry? Jason. Jason. All right, Jason, we're going to declare these hiccups are gone today. I can't imagine what you're going through. In the name of the Lord, I thank you that today these hiccups that the devil is trying to curse you with I command in the name of Jesus, <laughs> I command you hiccups, you will never come back again, that, oh, God, Lord, over Jason's life, that, God, there's rest now. There's rest, there's peace, that he's going to enjoy life. Lord, in his brain, whatever's triggered these things, I heal it in the name of the Lord. That never again, Jason, will you hiccup. That oh, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Now, Holy Ghost, show him. God, I thank you from this moment on that, Lord, you have invoked the power of healing in his brain, in his body, that no more hiccups in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
every one of you has been blessed by the Lord because you're in the Father's house and the devil can't get in Dad's house. So when you walk out of here today, I want you to walk out with a revelation that just because I have adversity doesn't mean I'm not blessed. But it declares that blessing's coming. Hallelujah. You walk out of here triumphant in the Lord. Most of us shouldn't even be here, but for the grace of the Lord. I love you, Nancy. So good to have you home. Amen. All right. We, we had to cut it short. This is the only time we'll, we really have to do this, but um, we'll, we'll make up for it. You're dismissing the name of the Lord. Uh, when we get our own place, we just do whatever we want, right? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to KentChristmas.org or RegenerationNashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.